All right. Well, hello, Calvary. Wow. Wow. One person's happy to see me. That was. <laughs> hey, happy 2021, everybody. Uh, great to have you here with us and um, just <clears throat> appreciate many of your faithfulness. For those of you who are here in person, uh, coming each Sunday as you feel comfortable and feel safe, we're grateful for that. And for those of us who are all you guys online who are watching us virtually, appreciate your faithfulness. Those who have each Sunday connected and just kind of participated with us and kept track of what God's doing. So excited about what God has for us. And um, today's a little different. If you're clicking online for the first time or you're visiting with us for the first time, usually what we do, what we'll resume doing next week is we open up a passage of scripture and we go through verse by verse, kind of chapter through chapter. We're going to start doing that again next week. We've done that 99.9% of every sermon. This sermon's a little different just because it's a little bit more looking back and then looking forward as we find ourselves in this moment and maybe what God has for us. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into it um, and just excited about the opportunity. So let me pray. Father, uh, we do thank you for what you're doing in our lives now and we thank you for how you've worked in this past year and we are expectant and eager about what you have for us in the year to come and in everything that we do, Father, we want Jesus to be honored um, and to be glorified. And we want to be wise as we pursue you and have your clarity in our own individual lives and together as a church and where you're leading. And we just want to follow you obediently and faithfully. And so we continue to ask for your wisdom. I just ask for wisdom for uh, the people who call Calvary Home and are visiting um, God, that you'll just direct them. And for those people who are asking some for you to particularly guide them in some areas, that you will be kind and faithful and reveal your path to them. And as we as a leadership team continue to seek after you, Father, will you reveal yourself to us. So thanks for this opportunity. We pray that you'll be honored and glorified. <clears throat> it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, and hey, if you guys could start the sermon timer up there in the box, otherwise I'm going to like find a sundial to figure out how long this thing's been, and that would not end well for you. Um, but hey, one of the biggest inventions, one of the best apps ever made by the app-making people is the app called Waze. Anybody here ever Waze? Good. Okay, good. Two of you, three of you know the best app ever created, right? Waze is this kind of GPS directional thing, and I think as I'm getting a little more old, a little older, I'm getting like a little more uh, persnickety. And so, man, I, I'm just telling you, like, I, I got to have some half and half of my coffee, right? I'm like, I'm like unyielding about that. And I do not have time for anybody to use Apple Maps or Google Maps. If it ain't Waze on my GPS in the car, I mean, you might as well just throw your cell phone out the window, right? Because Waze is the best directional map ever invented for me. And the thing with Waze is you're this little car, you're this little Wazer, and you cruise around, and there's other little Wazers, and you can wave the Wazers. And so, but the great thing is, right, that it, it adjusts for traffic. It tells you when there's like a dead raccoon in the road, if traffic stopped. Well, I use Waze a lot kind of as I'm traveling around. And whenever I'm going someplace that I've never been before and I pop that address into my Waze, the first thing I always do is I always hit the top little center thing on my phone and I get the overview of the whole route, right? You have the option at any time on Waze to get an overview of where you're going, what the turns are. 
And I always get that because it's nice for me to know, okay, what exit do I need to get off of 95? How far do I go? Where do I turn where? The overview, the big picture for me, sometimes is just helpful to me as opposed to just kind of keeping my head down and turn left here, turn right there, the whole deal. And I think sometimes in life, it's not just on road trips to places we've never been. I think sometimes in life, it's good to just kind of hit the pause button for a little bit and just, just click the button and pause and let's just get an overview, just to get a big picture of where have we been on the journey and where are we going? What can we expect to encounter? Where, where is this trip that we're going on? What are the twists and turns? And where are we on that process? And so next Sunday, we're starting a brand new sermon series. And again, next Sunday's sermon is going to be very familiar, uh, you know, used to what you experience when you come to Calvary. This Sunday's a little different because it's just going to be a little more of a vision talk, maybe, or just some sort of talk. And what we're going to do is just get an overview about where are we and where have we been and where are we going. And we're going to remember and we're going to take some time celebrating how God worked in 2020 because I think that's important to do. But then we're also going to kind of look ahead and say, okay, where are we going on this journey in 2021? A few Days before the new year started, I kind of took some time sitting by my Christmas tree. It's something I challenged all of us to do, not to sit by my Christmas tree. That would be <clears throat> weird for you to have done that. I sat by my own Christmas tree, and I had my journal and some coffee, and I literally just bullet pointed, boom, how has God been faithful to me in 2020? How has God shown up? What has God done? And that was meaningful for me, and to that uh, opportunity, and then through some other times when I've communicated some different gatherings for Calvary. You know, I, I think that perhaps in the past, I personally have missed an opportunity to just kind of rally us together about what God has allowed us to do in 2020, because God did some great things among us and through us in 2020. And so today what I want to do is I just want to celebrate that. I want to think about that for a while, and then we're going to wrap up our time, kind of half the sermon looking ahead for a little bit. But, and here's um, my personality is I hesitate to sometimes do this because I'll just let you look up the sleeve. Uh, talks like this, when you talk about what God has allowed a church to do, can so easily spin into, look how great we are. It can so easily spin into this marketing, self-promotional, blah. Um, <clears throat> and I have, if you know me, I have no desire to do a self-promotional blah. What I'm going to share isn't a way to talk about, look how great all of us are. What we're going to share is, you know what? God has been great, and he's allowed us and enabled us to do some things in 2020 that we should pause, and we should celebrate, and we should not easily glance over. So 2020, let's kind of, let's look back for a little bit. It'll be okay. It won't be too painful, okay? 2020, March, this time last year, right? Man, we were, we were rocking and rolling, Hundreds of people in this thing, this building, uh, hundreds upon hundreds of people in this building. You guys had probably had three or four cups of free coffee already. You'd probably shaken about 50 people's hands. Life was normal. If I am remembering things correctly, March 8th of 2020, we gathered together in this building. We gathered together in this room, and it was a normal Sunday, and... That's been kind of the last normal pre-COVID Sunday that we've shared together. And after that, that following week, I think we, it, it was coming. <laughs> so we sent out some letters and some communications about how we were going to change some things. And here's the amazing thing about that, right? Leading up to 2020, for the past couple of years, 
Uh, God and his sovereignty has assembled a great team here together at Calvary to work, about, work together. And part of that team is God brought to us a guy named Dave Katz. And some of you may not have any idea who Dave Katz is because he is up there running the Starship Enterprise of Tech for Calvary Church. But as kind of myself and some others of us kind of leaders realized, we got to be ready to flip this thing virtual if COVID shuts it down like it's starting to do in Manhattan. Man, Dave Katz had the gifting, had the experience, had the resources, and God enabled us to have somebody in our team who was able literally in a 72-hour period to flip us so that we could go virtual without a hiccup. Um, and that's a huge blessing. And through interaction with Brandon and through Dan, you know, with Dave's leadership, the three of them collaborated. And so we were able, without a hiccup, to say we're shutting things down here in the building, but we can still deliver God's word to you uh, online. And they've continued to build out a way to do that effectively. And we're grateful for that. And as we realized we weren't going to be gathering together online, what we started pretty quickly was an online prayer gathering. Mid-March, early March, we started an online virtual prayer gathering that was led by elders because what we realized is, hey, we're in this moment that a lot of us are kind of nervous about. We're in this moment that's unknown both for us as leaders and for our people. And so we need to make sure in this moment that we as a church are rallying around and are emphasizing prayer for prioritizing it. And so 30 plus of us gathered together weekly for a virtual prayer gathering and our elders walked us through, took turns walking through, man, a devotional. And then God allowed us together as a church body to pray. And we continued to highlight prayer because we had a way where for some of you, we created this process where as people are going through moments in their life where they're being impacted by COVID. There was a way that you could submit some prayer requests and the prayer team and the elders and the pastors. Man, God gave us an amazing opportunity to pray for some of you. And we have prayed for you faithfully and regularly. And God allowed us to purposefully divide up the list of your names and continue to pray for people about COVID and other situations through your generosity. God allowed us through you to have funds to give to people in our church and outside of our church who hit financial hiccups because of COVID. And we were able to show the love of Jesus to people financially to support them when they went through hard and challenging times. Then we realized, hey, we're doing a lot of stuff virtually, but we haven't gotten to see each other. Because there were, I mean, we went months without seeing each other. And part of being a church body is being able, I mean, it's great, well, it's not great. The poor people at home see me, but I don't get to see you, right? And there's something good about seeing each other. So our Kids Life team, they launched this, this drive-through ice cream event. And people who we hadn't seen for months, right, in the cars as we were throwing ice cream sandwiches through your car windows, we got to say hey, and we got to connect. And it got to feel like a little bit of the body. Community groups through COVID have been meeting together and having to figure out creative ways to do that. But one of the cool things for community groups is how they've been caring for each other throughout this COVID process and even finding unique ways together to care and to serve for people outside of their group. Then fall came. And what we said is, hey, we're still in masks. Still got this COVID-19 thing running around. But you know what, for people who want to start coming back and for different ministries, we want to facilitate that. So our Kids Life and Student Life team launched our Kids Life and Student Life events and created opportunities for kids and students to be back in community and to be together and through relationship and teaching to have weekly gatherings again where they could hear about God's word and God has worked through those moments. In the fall, 
One of the amazing things that God has richly worked through and allowed to happen is 80 plus women have been gathering together, whether that's virtually, whether that's in person, whether it's an odd combination of the two. And through those gatherings together in different Bible studies and community groups, God has allowed them to pray for each other, to care for each other, to study God's word together, and to learn together. We then had a night of worship out at a, by a stream across the street where a bunch of us gathered and some families gathered, and we had a picnic together as a church, kind of old school. And we had some chicken sandwiches, and we sang to Jesus. And in that time, through the devotional that was given and just the time of worship and song, I mean, God allowed a bunch of us to have an evening focusing on him and having our hearts drawn back to him and the spirit worked in a meaningful way in that time. God's work has not stopped in people's lives throughout COVID. And we had the opportunities at church in the fall to celebrate that through baptism. We brought the little port-a-tub baptism thing up here, right? And we got to baptize. In the midst of a pandemic, we had the opportunity together as a church to celebrate how God was changing people's lives. And we heard from some kids who shared that, man, I grew up in a Christian house with grandparents who loved Jesus and parents who loved Jesus. And now as a student, I want to get in a pool on a stage in the middle of a pandemic in front of a bunch of adults, and I want everybody to know that I love Jesus. And we had some young adults be baptized that day. One guy in his mid-20s shared a little bit of his stories, but who wants to stand out in his generation as a young adult who's on fire for Jesus. And we got to celebrate the story of a young lady from a totally different faith tradition who knows Jesus and who suffered some situations in her family because of her faith. But we as a church body got to celebrate with her as she shared with us what Jesus means to her life. God is still active changing people's lives and impacting people's lives, and he's given us opportunities to celebrate those things. Then we also had right, a virtual missions emphasis week. I don't know if you remember that, but instead of flying people in through all over the world as a church, we partner with a bunch of missionaries in all sorts of different regions, all sorts of different countries. Usually we fly them in, have a kind of a three or four day long deal where we celebrate that. We couldn't do that, but we sat up here, we had some TV screens, and we heard from them about how God is still working amidst this situation throughout the globe in different cultures and different regions, the way they're having an opportunity to tell different people about the gospel, and we celebrated that together. Together. Then it came to be Halloween, and what we've done at Calvary is this event every Halloween that makes the dentists all over Fairfield County so grateful for us. And they're grateful for us because we give away thousands of pieces of candy and rot the young children's teeth. Um, and what we've wanted to do throughout years through Trunk or Treat is we just want to be kind and good neighbors to folks who live in Trumbull and Easton and Shelton, Monroe, Bridgeport, Fairfield, whatever surrounding communities. And so we have an event where it's a safe place for kids to come and trick-or-treat, and the purpose is to show Jesus love. And we did that this year through a drive-through thing. Our Kids Life, our Student Life team did an amazing job pivoting with that. And so many of you did an amazing job serving so that we could pull it off. And we served our community really, really well through that. And one of the great stories that came out of this is there was this family who doesn't come to Calvary, but they've been involved in some other things and they've done trunk or treat before and they came again. And they're a family in our community and they're facing some really tough challenges because of COVID. Because there were job layoffs and then they got diagnosed with COVID and then the mom's pregnant 
And they didn't have an opportunity to go out and just get some supplies. And so because we as a community, because God has allowed us as a church in the past to just show kindness to people, they reached out to us and they said, hey, we're in a tough spot, can you help us? And we had the opportunity to develop a connection and a relationship with somebody in our community who's not part of our church and just to care for them well during that season. Then, because that worked, we did a drive-through Thanksgiving service. And we've always wanted to continue to just love, again, our community in Thanksgiving season. And so instead of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming up here and jostling shoulders and bringing up turkeys, we did that all drive-through. And as a result of, what you're, as a result of God blessing us, you gave out of the ways in which God has blessed you to be a blessing to other people and were able to give out over 30 food baskets to families who had needs. We were a distribution center for Operation Christmas Child and God allowed us the privilege of being able to collect and then get out over 5,000 shoeboxes around the world, each of which will have a gospel message about who Jesus is and about how he offers life change. That's what God's allowed us to do. And throughout COVID, we've done some things. We have six people who this month have either started coming to Calvary throughout COVID or been here a while. And they're like, man, I want to be members. I want to jump into what God's doing here at Calvary. And we have six folks who are becoming or have become new members. And the point of all that is even though it was very different and the way in which we served and the way in which we ministered and the way in which we gathered has been different, you know what? God is still at work. And God has been kind to us, and God has been good to us, and God has allowed us to be part of his life change in people's lives and showing his love to the people. He's impacted lives. He's allowed his word to be preached. He's allowed us to show and to demonstrate his love to other people. And I just don't want us to skim over that too quickly. That's not because we're the greatest church ever. We're probably not. But it's because we serve a God who's great. And who in his grace and his mercy allows us to be part of what he's doing. And I I just want us to celebrate that and to be thankful for that. And to remember that. And so then the question is, okay, that's where we've been, right? Those are some of the twists we've been on. God's allowed us to work in a lot of ways. But but now what's the overview about where we're going? What, What kind of as we sit here today, January 3rd, 2021, where do we think God has us on Our journey, and so a few thoughts about that. Prior to uh, COVID and the whole situation, one of the conversations that us as pastors and then that I was having with the elders was this conversation about vision, right? Vision, vision, vision. A church is always about core things. We always want to make disciples. We always want to worship God. We always want to evangelize. But then there's this other question about in different seasons and different moments, God leads churches to focus on different things in particular ways. And we were having those conversations. We don't need to roll the clock back too much, but what became clear uh, coming out of 2018 into 2019 was that, you know, Calvary had been through a transition period, been through a, a multi-year transition period, and there was a clear vision and some goals and strategies for that, but then we were out of it. And then the question as a leadership team as we looked ahead is, okay, what's next? Right? What does God have for us now? We're now the church that we are. We are now how we are. But what does he now have for us? What's the unique thing that he's calling us to do? What's the unique way that we can serve our community and that we can impact our community? What do we want to be known for and what do we want to be about for the next several year span? And we were having those conversations and we still are having those conversations and we're trying to discern that thing. And then COVID hit. 
And so then what we had to prioritize was, okay, not what's five years out. Question is, okay, right now, how do we do church in the middle of a pandemic when everything's changed? And so we, we prioritized that, right? And so there's kind of two tracks that are going right now. One track is, okay, but, but still, what is the larger vision that God has? What is he leading us to do? What are we going to be about? And those conversations are going on. But additionally, the conversation is, okay, while we discern that, what do we need to emphasize just right now in the middle of COVID? What do we need to still be doing in the middle of COVID? What do we need to be prioritizing now, right? While we finalize our larger vision, what is our present area of focus and priorities in this ongoing current COVID moment that's still going on? And so coming out of the summer, going into the fall, and even right now, we started to grab onto some words that we wanted to prioritize. And so where we're going, the overview of where we're going is linked with some terms you've heard before. But in this moment, as we continue to navigate COVID, as we continue to try to discern what does God have for us, big picture, here's what we're emphasizing right now in this moment. You've heard them before. We want to connect you. We want to engage. And we want to point people to Jesus. We want to connect. We want to engage. And we want to point people to Jesus. Now, that's always been part of what we want to do. It always will be part of it. But right now, it's something we're grabbing hold of in a particular and unique way. And so here's what I want to do. I just want to talk about what do those terms mean? Right? They're catchphrases. They're buzzwords. But what do we mean when we say that? And then talk about perhaps some new ways that we're going to do that or some renewed ways we're going to do that in 2021. So let's define the term connecting. When we talk about we want in this moment to connect, what do we mean by that? Here's what we mean by that. It means that we want you to have relationships with other people in this body. We want you to have relationships with other people in this body. We want you to know somebody, and we want you to be known by somebody. We want you to know other people, and we want you to be known by other people. And if there was ever a time when it was important for people to connect, not just in our culture, but in a church, that time's now. And you know why that is? Because... Everything we're being asked to do leads to further disconnectedness, right? What everybody's telling us to do in this pandemic are things that we're doing, but those are things that ultimately lead to making us feel further disconnected. You know what makes us feel connected? What makes us feel connected is when you walk in the door on a Sunday morning and you see somebody you know, and they give you a hug or they shake your hand or they slap you on the back. We can't do that anymore. You know what makes you feel connected? It makes you feel connected when you can get around a big room with a bunch of people and you can have a meal together and you can laugh together. And it's challenging to do that now. And everything that's going on are things that are pushing us to being disconnected, which means we need to work really, really hard to be connected because it's not good for me to be disconnected. And it's not good for you to be disconnected. And I don't mean just as citizens in the world. I mean as Christians. As Christians. It's not good for us to be disconnected. Because you know why? Jesus can't call me on the phone. Well, I guess he could. He could, okay? 
Peter says, Jesus can't do anything. No, if Jesus wanted to, my iPhone could ring right now, even though it's on dis- Do Not Disturb. <clears throat> I don't think Jesus is going to call me on the phone. I don't think Jesus is going to text me. But, but you know what? You can call me on the phone. Somebody can text you, and when you're going through a hard time, when you need encouragement, somebody can speak encouragement to you. Somebody can walk with you. Somebody can comfort you. Somebody can help you focus because you're so filled with worry. We need each other in each other's lives to do those things. We need to be connected. And so we're working really hard to grab hold of that because, and we got to pivot in the way we do that because we got some of you here, we got a bunch of you online, and we got some folks we don't even know where they are. And so we're working to connect. And as we're connecting, I came across this as I was studying for this. I love this quote by a guy named John Stott talking about what connecting looks like. You can pop it up on the screen. And here's what he wrote about what we shouldn't do and what we should do. Here's what he says. This is what we won't do. Negatively, if we love each other, we will not stand in judgment on each other or speak evil against each other. We will not bite or devour each other, and we will not provoke or envy or lie to each other. Positively, If we love each other, we will be kind and compassionate to each other, forbear and forgive each other, submit to each other, and build each other up. Practice hospitality to each other ungrudgingly, encourage each other, admonish and comfort each other, pray for each other, and bear each other's burdens. We need to be connected, and as we're connected, this is what we ought not to do, those negative things, and that is what we are to do. Connect. Second word is we want to be engaged. What does it mean to engage? If we're in a church in this moment, if we're prioritizing the engagement of people, what does that mean? Well, well, here's what it means. Ready? Do you know what it means to be passive? Anybody know what it means to be passive? Okay. Now think about the opposite of that. Okay. There's passivity and the opposite of passivity is engagement. And engagement is the opposite of passivity. So think about all the things that mean person is passive. Think about what that looks like. Think about what they don't do. Think about what they're not involved. Think about what a passive person looks like, and then think about the exact opposite, and that's an engaged person. And we want to be people and have people in our church who are engaged, people who are not being passive in this moment, people who participate people who use their gifts, and you guys, we've done it in an amazing way, and I want to affirm that later on, but use their gifts to be part of what God's doing here. We want there to be interaction, and it is so easy right now to disengage in church. I don't think there's ever been an easier time to disengage in church. Because the very things that we need to do to try to continue to connect by like offering stuff online and doing virtual community groups are ironically also the very things that make it the very easiest to disengage. And we don't want people disengaged because we need each other. And our community needs a body of engaged people who are living out a life of Jesus. I love to make fires. Um... And I'm no Boy Scout, never was an Eagle Scout. I think I probably failed the little Boy Scout pledge. But I don't know if you know this about fires, but you know when the logs burn the best when they're together. If you have a fire going on and you separate all the logs from each other, their own individual heat eventually is going to burn out. 
But if you want that to be a vibrant fire, you know what you do? You put them together so the heat and the embers of one log is up against the heat and the embers of another log, and that creates some, a catalyst for some warmth and something powerful. And that's what an engaged group of Christians are like. The Bible talks about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can read it later. Man, how, how we're compared to an actual body and how we need every part to be involved and to be engaged. And each of you have a role to play in this body. And we're better when everybody plays the role. Connect. Engage. And the last thing we want to do is point people to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. I want to read two verses for you that Paul wrote. Paul, the pastor, Paul, this church planter, Paul, this guy who had this amazing resume of success, and he was like this leader, and he actually killed Christians and persecuted Christians, and he'd run the corporate ladder of religiosity, and he came to the point where he looked at that, and he said, you know what, that stuff's not my goal anymore. I met Jesus And here's what he said is his personal goal. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. This is Paul's goal for his whole life. He says, he looks back at all those things, and he says in verse 7, Whatever gain I had counted, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God, that I may know him. What Paul says is the priority of his life is that he wanted to know Jesus. He wanted to pursue Jesus. He wanted to prioritize Jesus. And why? Why does he want to do that? Well, he tells us there in that last reason, the, the reason for this personal goal was because he says later on, having found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through law, but a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. Here's what he knew about Jesus, that in order to be acceptable to God, That didn't come about through Paul's best efforts. It didn't come about through how good Paul was on his best day. What ultimately made Paul acceptable to the Father was the righteousness of Jesus, which was given to him through faith in Jesus' work on the cross. And what Paul says, I had all this. I had it all. But my priorities were off. And what I, Paul, is saying in my personal life, I want to be about Jesus. And I want to know Jesus. And I want to know Jesus because any hope that I ever have of being acceptable before the Father isn't linked in how good that I do. It's linked in how pure Jesus was and in my righteousness in him. And then what Paul says is, hey, that's my goal for my life. But then Paul shares to a group of people who he loves in a church in Colossae. Paul reveals to them the goal for his ministry as a pastor, as a church planter, as a leader in churches, what his ministry is going to be about. And here's what he says in Colossians 1.29. He talks about the glory of Jesus. And then he says this, him we proclaim. 
What Paul's saying is, hey, you want to know the bumper sticker for my ministry? Him we proclaim. Put it on a t-shirt, throw it on a little snap thing on the back of your iPhone. Paul's saying, that's what I'm about. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. What does that have to do with us? <clears throat> well, this is what it has to do as pastors, as leaders here at Calvary. Man, we know that, that our own maturity, we know that your maturity and growth is linked with seeing Jesus. We know that it's linked with being pointed to Jesus and to Jesus being proclaimed. And that's what we want to be about. And in a time when so much that gives people security is shifting underneath them and is unknown, what better time is there to point one another to the thing that will never shift and never let you down and can be known, and that is Jesus. My maturity is linked with me seeing Jesus. Your maturity is linked with you seeing Jesus. And so you know what as a church we want to do as leaders? We want to point you to Jesus. We don't want you to think, oh, Calvary's so great. <clears throat> well, we do. But if that's all you think, we failed. We don't want you to think we have the best pastoral team who's ever faced their face of the walk the face of the earth. You know what we want you to think? We want you to think Jesus is great. Jesus is great. We're not here for self-help. That's why this sermon is very atypical. Usually it's not my thoughts. Usually what we do is open this up and just say these are the thoughts. We don't want to be about self-help. We don't want to be about empty moralism and just being nice for the sake of being nice. We want to be gospel-centered. We want to be about Jesus. Connect, engage, and point people to Jesus. So then the question is, okay, for the time being, what are some ways in which we're going to do that, right? How is Calvary? Are we going to work to connect and engage? How are we going to work to engage and point people to Jesus? So just kind of some really, really practical things that may be a little new or things that we're resuming. And let me kind of just run through a few of these quickly. Here's how we want to help connect and engage people. We've realized and it's, we've seen that probably, I don't know, at least two Sundays, if not three Sundays out of a month, we always, in the past few months, have always had a new family or people visiting Calvary Church. And we need to do a better job, if you're visiting Calvary Church, connecting you, right? We're not handing out bulletins anymore. And if you're part of Calvary and you have a way to, we need to also give people who are part of Calvary a way to let us know how we can serve you. And so, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but... In the chairs in front of you, you'll see that little QR code dealio, right? If you've been out to eat at a restaurant, that will look familiar to you. This is not to tell you, this doesn't let you like put a bagel order in and have our team bring you bagels anytime you want, okay? What this does, if you pick up your phone, you open the camera, don't take a picture of it, but if you focus your camera on that code, that little dealio, it's going to instantly link you, give the opportunity to link you to an online info card. And on that online info card, if you're new, if you're visiting, if you want to be part of our mailing list, you can put that information in. If you have questions about, hey, I want to be baptized, I want people to pray for me, I want to know more about Jesus, I want to be in a community group, well, I want to, man, whatever it is, there's a way for you to let us know that. And there's also a link to that online. And that's the way we want to work to connect and Engage people. We want to know you're here. We want to know how we can serve you. We also are working to connect and engage by bringing back and starting regularly something we've done for years, the Start Here class. We've done a kind of ad hoc throughout COVID, but we're going to schedule them regularly, maybe every five weeks, six weeks. Uh, we're going to schedule some Start Here classes. Here's what the Start Here class is. 
If you're new to Calvary and you're like, man, how do you do things? Why do you do things? What do you believe? How are you structured? What's your strategy? We cover all that at a 40,000-foot view at the class. And if you've been at Calvary for a while and you want to know more about, hey, you mentioned members. What's the deal with members? I want to be a member. That's a great opportunity for you to hear our membership process and expectations of members. So January 12th, if you're newer and you want to know more, we invite you to that. If you want to be a member, we invite you to that. If you want to know what we believe, how we do things, January 12th, we're going to have a virtual Start Here class. We'll let you know more about that. We want to connect and engage college students. There's, we've got a great group of college students. There's a bunch of college students who their college trajectories changed. And maybe they're going to be back in the area a little bit longer than they thought they might be. And so, actually, we already had an event on December 4th where a bunch of college kids from Calvary gathered and it was raining and they had a fire pit. I don't know how that worked. But we're going to build that ministry out and make sure we're connecting that demographic. One of the things that I've been most disappointed about about COVID is how it's um, impacted the opportunity for us as guys. And here's what I mean by that. Prior to COVID, <clears throat> there was a bunch of us who were any th- bunch of men, anything but socially distant back in that room. And for men, we had a class, kind of this Bible study, this equipping class for guys, and we talked about issues relating to men and all that stuff. And man, it was packed. It was great engagement. That was kind of this building block. We we're going to build this men's ministry, this gathering on. And then COVID hit and it went kiboshed. And so, but, but here's what we're going to do. Because man, we have great opportunities for women to connect. And now is the time for us to develop that same opportunity for men to connect. Okay. And so in the first quarter, here's what we've, we've already done. We've already compiled and are finalizing kind of this multi-generational three or four guys who are going to be on the launch team of that, a leadership team, perspectives from a few different generations who are working with me to kind of dream about this thing. And then in the first quarter, we want to roll out for guys some gatherings, some opportunities for us to kind of have a few different things, for us to just connect, for us to have a chance to get together and talk about biblical issues that relate to men, and for us also as guys to have a purposeful way that we can serve other people in our church who may need serving. And so we're looking forward to that, we're working on that, and we're going to be giving you information, but a great new way to connect and engage guys. So those are some ways we're working to connect and engage, and we're just going to wrap up here in the next two minutes and thinking about, man, how do we want to engage people and point people to Jesus? And so we're going to start doing that next Sunday with a brand new sermon series, and we've talked about it for a while, but we're going to do what our bread and butter is. We're going to open up a part of the Bible, go verse by verse, chapter through chapter through that section, that story, and what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the Old Testament. We're not going to walk through every verse by verse of the Old Testament because I would be doing that until Jesus came back, okay? But what we're going to do is we're going to start, start, and where does the story start? Where does the Old Testament start? You know where it starts? Starts in the beginning, right? And we're going to start as a church in the beginning. And we're going to walk from creation through different moments in the Old Testament story. And we're going to talk about who's this dude, Abraham, who's David, who's Jonah. What does that have to do with like the flood? And we're going to work through it. And I'm really excited about it because one thing that all sorts of studies are showing is that, man, there's a lot of folks who just simply don't know how all those Old Testament stories fit together. And there's a lot of folks who don't know how those Old Testament stories point people to Jesus. And so we're going to walk through those things together 
as a church. And so we're kicking that off next Sunday in the beginning. Another thing you may notice is this deal on stage. I'm going to do a better job using the monitor on the stage. But here's what this is for, mostly for folks who are online. Because one thing we've realized and heard from our online viewers is when there's a sermon point, it flips from the screen to me, and they don't always get to track what's going on. And so this is going to help our online viewers stay engaged with the different points. As we roll into this series, we're going to have maps. We're going to have diagrams. We're going to have timelines. We're going to have teaching notes. We're going to have points. We're going to do that. And instead of me being Luke Skywalker up here with like some laser beam trying to point back there, I'm going to get to engage with this and point and there. And it's going to hopefully help engage all of us in the sermon. And so that's one way we want to engage folks. A third way we want to help connect and engage and point people to Jesus is we're also thinking about and hoping to roll out podcasts. One thing we've missed through COVID is the opportunity when different things have happened in our culture or different theological issues to just gather together and talk about them. And we need to do that. And so what we're going to do is we're, it won't be next week, but we're working through our ability to roll out some podcasts where, again, there's a cultural issue. We'll take 15, 20 minutes and, and talk about it. And also, as we walk through the Old Testament, there's going to be some topics that will naturally lend themselves to some further discussion. And so a podcast can be a great way to give some more content that will be helpful to supplement what we're doing in a sermon. But, and last thing, what we don't want to do is just do what I've done now for 38 minutes and 27 seconds. We know a lot of this stuff is all just one way, right? Sermons, one way. Podcasts, one way. Virtual stuff, one way. And that doesn't necessarily help us interact. And it can, we miss a little bit of richness of how we can point each other to Jesus. And so what we're going to do, I don't know how frequently, but on some basis, we're going to kind of come to the end of some sermons. And I promise you, I will stop the sermon early. And we're going to open it up for questions. And we're just going to kind of say, okay, Who's got some questions? And we're going to have in a group of 80 people or ever just kind of a question answer time to, in, to talk, to interact. Because sometimes what is helpful to pointing people to Jesus is more than just a one-way communication, but a two-way dialogue and a two-way conversation. And so we're hoping that that time of question and answer can be helpful to all of us in our faith, in our engagement, and being pointed to Jesus. So that's kind of where we're going. We had an opportunity to look back and say, man, God's been good to us in 2020. And he did work. And we had an opportunity to look ahead and think about being a group of people who connect, who engage, and who together in a connected and engaged way strive towards Jesus and where we point one another towards him. And I am eager, and I am expectant, and I am hopeful about what God has in store for us this coming year, and it is an honor for all of us to be on the journey together with you. So next week, bring your tablet, bring your iPhone, bring your digital Bible, bring an actual Bible. You can see, I'm, I, I tell you, ways, half and half, actual Bibles. Those are my pet peeves, all right? So never mind. I was going to say something, and then somebody would email me. So I, look at the maturity already in 2021. I amaze myself. All right. Well, hey, we love you guys. Uh, we're on this journey together, and God's going to do great things this coming year. So let me pray, and then we'll sing our song, and you can head out and put ice on your sidewalks with all the rain that's coming. All right. Father, uh, we are really grateful and appreciative of how you've worked this past year. 
and you have allowed your word to go out, you have allowed people's lives to be changed. Um, and even though we don't deserve it, you've allowed us to be part of that process. And Father, your work isn't done in 2021. And so we look ahead and we look expectantly and we want to be obedient and we want to have clarity. And so we pray for all those things and um, we're grateful for what you'll continue to do, not only in our church, but in our community, so that Jesus may be honored and glorified and may be known. Father, be pleased as we plan and as we pray. Be pleased as we serve you. May it not be for our reputation as a church, but may what we do be for your reputation, Father. And may we represent you well. Amen.